right, we're going to start something new today. We are going to do a study in the book of Acts. All right. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm calling this Acts 2020. Acts 2020. Why are we calling it Acts 2020? Because have you ever read the book of Acts and realized that the ending is just terrible? It just kind of just stops. There's no, there's no ending. It doesn't tell you the lesson to this book is this, or there's no final greeting. It just kind of ends. You know why? Because Acts continues to go on. I believe we're still living out the book of Acts today. So what we are going to do is do a study, but we're also going to remember that we are still called to be the people of God, and God is still working through us. So this is called Acts 2020. Are y'all ready? Okay. Uh, when I was 11 years old, I saw a film, which really was a musical play that was put on video, that was put together in the New York City Church of Christ. It was called Upside Down. All right? Y'all remember this? And I'm not talking about the streamlined two-hour version. I'm talking about the four-hour version the two VHS tape version. And I was 11 years old, and I watched this, and you would think an 11-year-old kid would have no interest in this Bible story musical. I was just riveted to this. Just I could not get it out of my mind, my brain, my heart. I was so, it had an impact on me. We sit around, we watch this movie. I watch it so many times. I watch it on my own. I know the songs. I could sing you the songs right now. Someday. You know, I could sing you all these different songs. I, I, I love it. And it got me into the Bible like never before. Because it's all about the book of Acts. And Acts is the adventure. Acts is where everything happens. And I, I want to play a little bit. It's the beginning of this show. And this is in 1987, so the video quality is not uh, uh, 4K or whatever it is, okay? we got to get out of this, okay? And, uh, and, and yes, it's Sherwin, well, uh, Steve Johnson and Sherwin, and this is, we're going to give you the introduction. So, so we're doing an introduction to the Acts today. Let's just listen to, uh, to Luke himself sing about the introduction to the book of Acts, all right? This is the introduction. If you're sentimental like me, you're geeking out right now, right? Okay. This is Luke singing from the jail cell. He's going to introduce the book of Acts. Tell you people something, and you best all say amen. The world has been turned inside out and needs to change again. Wrong is right, and darkness light, and truth can scarce be found. It's plain enough that right side up is really upside down. Most my life I've earned my keep as a skilled physician. Now I'm the teller of a tale, and I hope you will listen. 
The story starts with broken hearts. Christ was put in the ground. But now we see the graves empty. The body can't be found. Please go on, get comfortable. And don't you mind this cell. No, I've seen worse. It's not the first. I've one more chance to tell. Some manic jokes from mental notes. Excerpts I think are bound. To help you learn how brave men turn this whole world upside down. Darkness, like an icy hole is darkness. Squeezes us with cold, the darkness chills the dying. Who are all the while denying they're in darkness? We gotta stop there. Are you ready? You know, darkness? Religious people call this darkness. We know this. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing show. I remember it being 11 years old and watching this. And that line he says there about how brave men turn the whole world upside down. In one generation, in 30 years or less, from Jerusalem, a few men and women of faith filled with the Holy Spirit, led by Jesus Christ, changed the world. Brought the hope of Jesus Christ to the world. So many paid dearly with their lives. So many were martyred. So many challenges they faced. Not only outside of the church, but within the church. The turmoil. The conflict between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. The conflict with the Romans and the way God opened doors. The way the Holy Spirit empowered regular old men and women just like me and you. If we were there in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon us and we were called, we would be the ones who would have done this. And I, and I, I remember seeing this like, I want to live my life like this. Like Heather was saying, I want to give my life to God. I don't know how I'm going to do it, what that means for me, but I want what I see in the Bible, what I see in these real-life people, these men and women of great faith used by God to do amazing things for him. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. And that's what we're called to, Acts 20.20. We are a part of that. The book of Acts is going to captivate us. It's going to teach us, but it's also going to change us. There's different times in my life where I have gone through the book of Acts, uh, where I've done an Acts class. And even in, uh, in 2010, I kind of stole the idea because in 2010, we are in Athens, we had a big festival of faith, we called it. And churches from all over the southeast came to Athens. And our theme was Acts 2010. And, uh, and we, we acted it all, we, we, we had, we kind of did this show, but we, people would come in to the building and we had everybody kind of dressed up 
like they were in the first century, and, and you kind of felt like you were coming into Jerusalem. And that first night, we, we kind of reenacted Pentecost. We had Peter go up and preach the first gospel sermon, and it was just so cool. Just kind of thinking through, okay, we're a part of this, which started, which started here in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Uh, God's Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself, is still working as he did in these days. So it's just going to be so cool, guys. I can't wait to see what God does through this study as we get into this together. Okay? Um, like, uh, they redid the, the show upside down at the, uh, the last, um, yeah, the, the, at the summit in, in uh, St. Louis four years ago. Um, and my kids got to see it, and they, they loved it. So, um, But let's dig into the book of Acts. Y'all ready? Acts chapter 1. Let's just read the first chapter of Acts. and we're gonna, That's the first, best way to get into it is to read it, and then we're going to talk about a few things. <clears throat> this living history, this living history. Acts 1 verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem. From the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to a room where they were staying. Now, those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one in our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field there and fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Akeldama, which is the field of blood. 
For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For no one, uh, for one of these must be a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, and so he was added to the 11 apostles. Acts Acts chapter 1. So here Luke is going to pick up where he leaves off from his gospel. So we know Luke writes the gospel of Luke. What happened in Jesus' ministry, the teachings of Jesus, and now he's going to write the sequel. So Luke is the author here. What do we know about Luke? Well, we know that Luke is a doctor. He is a doctor. And we also know that Luke is a Gentile. Where do we know this? In Colossians 4, when Paul is talking about uh, Luke, he, well, he's, he's signing off in a letter to the church in Colossae, and he says, My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God. So those, he's going to say, those are the Jewish brothers. Then he goes on and says, Epaphras, who is one of you, meaning a non-Jew, okay, who is one of you and a servant of Jesus Christ, sends greeting. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him. He is working hard for you, for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. So Luke is numbered in the section there with the Gentiles. So Luke is a Gentile. That means he's he's not a Jew. He's the only writer in the Bible that's not a Jew. He's the only writer in the New Testament that's a Gentile. So that's kind of unique. That's a very unique perspective. And he's a doctor. He's a doctor. We know that about him. So these are the things we know. And he's a a really essential helper to the ministry of Paul. So those are the things we know about Luke. And uh, most doctors, they study a lot. He's kind of a historian. He's going to do a lot with, with history and pulling things together. So that's what we know about Luke. Now, who's he writing to? He says Theophilus. Theophilus. Let's talk about that for a moment. Theophilus. Well, what could this mean? Could this be a person or could this be a code? Well, the word literally means man of God. Theos, you know, God, Theophilus, lover of God. Uh, not man of God, lover of God. I meant to say lover of God. Lover of God. So a person who's a lover of God. That's a pretty cool name to have, to be a lover of God. Um, could that be a code? Maybe he's writing this to, to a friend of his, and it's kind of dangerous to be known as a Christian in different places in the first century. So maybe he's just kind of anonymously putting lover of God and it's going to somebody, he didn't want to put their real name on there to kind of hide their identities. Is it a real person? Maybe it is. 
Is it a Roman leader? The most excellent, you excellent Theophilus. It sounds like a somebody who's, who's kind of up in the government. This could be a Roman leader. This could be a Roman leader. And, and the version I like the best, it's just a cool story, is maybe it's Luke's benefactor, meaning a lot of times doctors were slaves. Doctors were owned by benefactors. Okay, so they would train someone to be the doctor and they would live in their house and be the doctor. Maybe, maybe Theophilus was the owner of Luke at one point. Maybe Luke got him well, helped him from, from some disease. Maybe he was set free and maybe he's riding back and trying to help his benefactor out of love to help him know about Jesus. I mean, there's all kind of things that could have been. Who is this person, Theophilus? I don't know. Nobody knows exactly who it is. Uh, but, but it's so cool to kind of think about the real story that might have been going on, who he's actually writing to. But it is so cool that we have this. Uh, Acts is so unique, isn't it? It's very different than any other book in the Bible. Uh, what would the Bible be like if we didn't have the book of Acts? Wouldn't it be different? What wouldn't we know? We, we, we get these letters from Paul and we go, who is this guy, Paul? Why is he writing this? Why should we... Listen to him. He just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Well, it's going to give us a story of how God is using Paul. It's going to give us a story of the church, uh, what they went through together. I mean, if, if we didn't have the, the events in the book of Acts, there'd be so much we'd be clueless about in God's church, wouldn't it? So, so it's so, I mean, aren't you glad that God gave us this? Thank you, Luke, for writing this down through the inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is such an important piece of the puzzle for us to, to know how to be, how to live out our faith in Christ and the church. Uh, why did Luke write this? Well, um, one idea is he's really writing, if it is to like a Roman, somebody up in the government, to really commend Christianity to the Roman government. Uh, the Roman government was really cracking down on Christians at this time. And uh, there were a lot of really bad things happening. When you read the book of Acts, what you're going to see a lot is is how the Christians are really good people and how they did really good things. And also you'll see how a lot of the Roman officials treated the Christians well. It's usually the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders who are really persecuting uh, the, the Christians really hard and harshly. But a lot of times you'll see the Romans like letting them go, letting them be uh, even converts from the from the Roman garrison to becoming Christians. So maybe it's to promote, to kind of help them see, okay, Christianity's not that bad. It's really good, get some good stuff and letting the government be a little bit lenient. Maybe it's even said that, that it could be, this is, is um, what's been prepared for Paul on his trial to defend the apostle Paul with, when he's going before Caesar in Rome. That's an interesting idea. Well, what does it do? It's also just describing a Christianity for all people. Luke's goal here is showing that it's not just for the Jews. He's going to show how Christianity, yes, starts with the Jews, but then goes out to the Gentiles and to all the world. That verse in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's going to show how the gospel goes out to everyone. And isn't that the opposite when we study the gospel of Luke? 
how everything was going towards Jerusalem to the epicenter of and Jesus, what's going to happen there. And then in Acts, it's going to start in Jerusalem and it's going to go all the way out, out to the ends of the earth. He's reporting the expansion of Christianity. How God, through the Holy Spirit, reached the entire known world in one generation. Who are the main characters? Who are the main characters? Well, the human characters. There's, there's uh, two main human characters the story will center around. The first part of Acts is going to center around the Apostle Peter and the events of Peter. He is going to be really the leader there in Jerusalem, uh, the apostle who is given the keys of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 16. He's going to preach the first gospel sermon. And a lot's going to happen around the character of Peter really being uh, a key figure in establishing the Christian church. But then it's going to shift to a new ministry, to a new character. And that's going to be Saul, the Pharisee, his conversion. And then he'll become later known as the Apostle Paul. And it's going to shift to his ministry, his missionary journeys, and it's kind of going, if, if Peter's representing Jerusalem and the Jews, Paul is going to be representing moving out from that to the rest ends of the earth, to the Gentiles, to all the world, and it's moving into his ministry. Uh, but who are the real main characters? Who are the real main characters? It's not Peter. It's not Paul. It's Jesus. Jesus Christ is main character number one. And often, this book is called, is referenced as the Acts of the Apostles. That's what tradition calls it. And certainly we see a lot happening with the apostles. Well, honestly, we get a list of them right there, but we don't see a we see We see Peter, we see Paul. We'll see a lot of other characters. We'll see a Stephen. We'll see Philip. You know, we'll see some other people. But it's, it's, it's kind of less about the apostles. And it's more about what Jesus Christ is doing. And Jesus is this amazing figure. Of course, in the very beginning of chapter 1, he's walking with him after the resurrection. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. He's telling him all these cool things. And then he ascends into heaven. And they never see him again, right? No. No, he keeps appearing, doesn't he? He appears to Peter. He appears to Paul. He's talking with him. He's with him. And I think that's so important for us because we think in the church today that Jesus has ascended and we'll see him again one day when everything's realized. But that's not what the book of Acts teaches. The book of Acts teaches that Jesus is very present in his ministry now. And we don't think about that. Jesus is the main character. So I think we got to shift a little bit. It's not like Jesus died and rose again and he's in heaven and uh, he'll come back one day and that's in the story. That's incomplete. That's not what the book of Acts teaches us. The book of Acts teaches us that Jesus Christ is very active and very present in his church. And we're going to see that over and over again. Does that change you a little bit in your thinking? It's going to reshape us and how we think. Uh, here's what N.T. Wright says, uh, the, the modern uh, New Testament scholar uh, here. He says, the mysterious presence of Jesus haunts the whole story. Isn't that kind of a way to put it? He's always just kind of looming. He's always around. He's, always, he's here. He's haunting us. I mean, in a very good way, right? He has announced as king and lord, 
not as an increasingly distant memory, but as a living and powerful reality. A person who can be known and loved, obeyed and followed. A person who continues to act within a real world. We call the book the Acts of the Apostles, but we should think of it as the Acts of Jesus Part 2. How do you see Jesus working in the church today? How do you see Jesus in your life today? Well, the book of Acts is going to show us that he is very active. He is very alive and well. And I believe he continues to work today in even greater ways. We're going to see Jesus working. Who's the other character we see? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. Oh, we're going to learn a lot about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. We're going to learn a lot about the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a mainline Church of Christ background. And so this is uncomfortable grounds for me. It is. The Holy Spirit is hard to figure out. So stop trying to figure him out. And the Church of Christ has always tried to limit him and tried to figure out and say, here's what he does and here's what he doesn't do. And the church, the, the Holy Spirit, here, here's the thing we'll learn about the Holy Spirit. Okay, you can do one or two things with the Holy Spirit. I guess you can do this with Jesus and God and everything. But you can be frustrated about the Holy Spirit or you can be fascinated by the Holy Spirit. I choose to be fascinated. And he's going to show up in so many ways. And there's this outpouring, this, this miraculous outpouring of fire that we're going to see in chapter 2. Next week we're going to talk, talk about chapter 2 and get ready because it's, it's, it's going to be exciting and amazing. And it's all these powerful things that are going to happen and all these prophecies fulfilled and, and it's going to build your faith. But this fire comes down out of heaven and they start speaking and all these other languages kind of taking the Tower of Babel. Time. Remember that in, the, in Genesis? And we're going to undo that and we're going to have them speak uh, the language that everybody understands and it's going to bring unity and the spirit of unity. And, and, and then he's, he's giving miraculous powers where they're healing people and, and, and the Holy Spirit's telling them things and leading them places and say, don't go here and don't do this. And, and the Holy Spirit's using all types of people to do the will of God. It's really cool the Holy Spirit does. And, and they're trying to follow and step with the Holy Spirit and relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray that the Holy Spirit will, in everything, see the Holy Spirit gave them power to this, or understanding to do that, and, 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 and we need to tap into that to realize that we have a reliance in God's church, we have to have a reliance on the Holy Spirit in our life that God has sent to us. To do what? To understand, to be able to preach, to be able to proclaim, to give us the words we need to have. It's not just having a Bible study book. You know, we need the Holy Spirit to give us the words to say, to give us the understanding. And I believe the Holy Spirit is as alive and active as he has ever been. And we got to have an awareness and a reliance on the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn so much. As we study the book of Acts, I'll give us a few encouragements here just as this introduction. 
Um, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot. Your faith's going to grow. You're going to learn a lot about the Bible. You're going to learn a lot about who Jesus is and the fulfillment of prophecy. Let the story teach you. Let it inform you. So study. There's some study we're going to have. We'll have some handouts. We'll have some things to look at and study. So, so, so take it seriously and let's, let's study the book of Acts together. But also let the story inspire you. Let the story inspire you. What we're going to see are so many just regular men and women who have great, great faith. And that's what moved me so much about the upside-down play is when you try to get into the character of Peter or of John or of Paul or even they, they came up with the character of Peter's wife, Abigail, in this, in this, in this rendition of Acts. And you start thinking about, oh, their families and how their, their kids and their spouses must have lived and what they went through. And you look at their faith, you look at their sacrifice, you know, it inspires us. It inspires us, calls us to a noble, noble cause to remember Jesus. Let these stories inspire us. You'll see stories of conversions, of people who come to the Lord. And, and you may think, I can't. Well, you look at the Philippian jailer, you look at, you know, you look at the Ethiopian or, or so these different people who, who you see how they came to faith and radically committed their lives to Jesus Christ. It will inspire us and encourage us. And I guess thirdly, the last encouragement I'll give us is to let the story change you. Let the story change us. Um, I'm going to show one more video clip. And I think I showed this years ago. And I think it speaks um, to what the book of Acts and what the Bible does in general. Um, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Never-Ending Story. The never he wants to sing the song. You want to sing it, Jonathan? Um, and, and it's a story. It's about a book that's much more than a book. And it's a book that's not just to be read, but it's to be experienced. And, and this scene, I want you to you listen to this scene. Think about this being the Bible. Even more specifically, think about this being the book of Acts. Okay? And let's, uh, let's listen to this scene. And I think this does really speak towards what the book of Acts can do and will do within all of us. He's running away from some bullies that are trying to beat him up right now. Get out of here! Those are my kids. Are you still here? Did you hear what I said, boy? Uh, I was just... You're hiding, aren't you? No, I was just... The video arcade is down the street. Here we just sell small rectangular objects. They're called books. They require a little effort on your part and make no beep, 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 beeps. On your way, please. I know books. 
have 186 of them at home. Ah, comic books. No, I've read Treasure Island, Last of the Mohicans, Wizard of Oz, Lord of the Rings, 20,000 Leagues on the Sea, Tarzan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come. Who are you running away from? Just some kids from school. Why? They want to throw me in the garbage. So why don't you give them a good punch in the nose? Hmm? Well, I don't know. What's that book about? Oh, this is something special. What is it? Look, your books are safe. While you're reading them, you get to become Tarzan or Robinson Crusoe. But that's what I like about him. Ah, but afterwards you get to be a little boy again. What, what do you mean? Listen. Have you ever been Captain Nemo trapped inside your submarine while the giant squid is attacking you? Yes. Weren't you afraid you couldn't escape? But it's only a story. That's what I'm talking about. The ones you read are safe. And that one isn't? You just said it was... Forget about it. This book is not for you. Turn your book. All right, here we go. So if you've stolen one of my Bibles, please bring it back at some point. Okay. Isn't that such a great scene? And he's using the reverse psychology on the kid, right? And, uh, but doesn't that speak to what the Bible is? This, this is it's different. It's, it's, it's not just a book. Because when we go to the Word of God, when we go into the story of Acts that Luke wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit, seeing what God had done, and we read, it's not a story that you, that you read and you're able to go back to your own life doing whatever you did. It's a story we become a part of. A story that grabs us and grabs our hearts as we follow Jesus Christ. And it's a story, a narrative that will forever change us. One thing we see in the book of Acts is we see a very different Peter 
than we saw in Luke, don't we? He's a completely different Peter. Yeah, he's got a few little things, but he is changed. He is a changed man of God by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will change us, empower us. Yes, is it dangerous in a way? Yeah, you don't, this is, this is Holy Spirit stuff. We don't mess around, we don't play with it. It's not just a book, this is real. God is real. Jesus Christ is working. The Holy Spirit is working. He is real. As we read the book of Acts, as we study the book of Acts, as we're inspired and encouraged and challenged, let it go within us and let the Holy Spirit change us. That is what this journey is going to be all about as we dive into the book of Acts. That will be forever changed to be more like and more used by Jesus Christ. Amen. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, Acts 4, they realized they were unschooled. They were just dudes. They were ordinary people. But what was the difference? They were astonished and they took note. These men had been with, and yes, they've been changed by, Jesus Christ. Let's invite this same spirit into all of our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together, church. Let's close with a song. Acts 2020. Looking forward to this. We're going to sing glory, glory, hallelujah. Come on up, singers. Let's sing this, and maybe Bill can just lead us in a prayer to close things out. Right.